you're on.
Rejoice, heavenly powers. Sing, choirs of angels. Exalt all creation around God's throne. Jesus Christ, our King, is risen. Sound the trumpet of salvation. Rejoice, O earth, in shining splendor, radiant in the brightness of our King. Christ has conquered. Glory fills you. Darkness vanishes forever. Rejoice, O holy church. Exalt in glory. The risen Savior shines upon you. Let this place resound with joy, echoing the mighty songs of all of God's people. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God.
Oh, you're my Lord. 
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live. And will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely. But he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. And it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he has said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The Gospel of our Lord. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we give praise and thanks to you this day for the opportunity to gather to worship you, for the opportunity to be able to hear your word in music and in preached word and in our prayers. But we're especially thankful for you, Father, because you have given us the blessing that we cannot even begin to comprehend, giving your only beloved Son for us. And so as we listen to your word this day, Father, open our hearts and our minds and our ears to you, that your spirit may just feed us with everything that we need. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. buildings are empty in many parts of our world. Our communion and fellowship have been regulated to the cold and impersonal world of the social media. For years, the church has been warning about the inherent danger of depersonalizing human society by spending too much time in electronic communication. And now, we have become dependent on it for our fellowship in study, in prayer, and in worship. 
even as we reach out to you to stay through the electronic media of YouTube. The world of Mary Magdalene was also a very different place this morning. The events of Good Friday and Jesus' suffering, death, and burial were now in the past. She was present when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, It is finished! And as Jesus breathed his last. She stood by as Jesus' body was removed from the cross and hurriedly placed into a grave which had been cut out of the rock. It was now the dawn of the first day of the week. As Mary's grief-stricken heart, still under the weight and the darkness of the clouds of the reality of Jesus' death, makes her way to the tomb for the very first time since his death. Nothing, nothing at all could prepare her for what she would see and hear and experience. While Jesus was alive, he repeatedly prepared his disciples and the women following him, saying that his death would not be the end. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, and that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. But even his disciples didn't believe, especially when the women returned from the tomb after seeing Jesus alive. Luke reports they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. The disciples returning to Emmaus were downcast as they explained. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Now, the entire cosmos was a different place this morning. The day begins with cataclysmic disturbances in which the heavens, the earth, and even the gates of hell are shaken. As the Apostle Peter declares, saying that after being made alive, Christ went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. Each resurrection appearance of Jesus is preceded by angelic messengers announcing, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? Matthew reports how a violent earthquake shakes the very foundations of the earth as the gravestone sealing the tomb of Jesus is rolled away. But this was just the beginning. The angelic messenger presents proof positive that Jesus is no longer in the grave, inviting Mary Magdalene and the other women to come and see the place where he lay so that they can see for themselves that Jesus' grave is truly and without a doubt empty, making the graveyard a very different place this morning. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Now Jesus lives up to his declaration, I am the resurrection, leaving no doubt about the truthfulness of any of his promises. And the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid 
yet filled with joy. And so notice how the women are experiencing two very different emotions at the same moment, fear and joy. We often also experience a sense of ambivalence, of simultaneously conflicting emotions in our world today. Our attitudes contain positive and negatively charged components, while the <clears throat> resulting conflicting expressions <clears throat> can also cause us a lot of grief. The Gospel according to Matthew highlights the effect of choosing to allow fear precedence over joy. After defining the grave of Jesus empty and being told by an angelic messenger that Jesus of Nazareth has risen from the dead, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. If this fear had been pervasive, we might not be celebrating Easter and the resurrection today. The empty tomb is the beginning of a new day for condemned sinners. Prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all humanity had one single choice, eternal death and condemnation. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, writes the Apostle Paul. But in the cross of Christ, a new day has dawned for sinful humanity. The Apostle goes on to explain how our new day comes to us saying, just as one trespass resulted in the condemnation of all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. And so our world is a very different place this morning. To those dealing with inappropriate behavior, Jesus offers us strength to change. To those enslaved by sin, Jesus offers freedom. To those who grieve, Jesus offers comfort. To those struggling with chronic pain, illness, disability, and an uncertain, fear-filled new world, Jesus offers us the assurance that absolutely nothing can alter the change brought about by God's love for us manifested on the cross. On that first Easter morning, God gives us a choice to welcome his free gift of grace, which results in life eternal, or to return to the ways and beliefs of our pre-cross ancestors, which leads only to death. Now, living in the shadow of this pandemic creates fear and anger across the nations. The secular authorities speak of hope as a possibility that what we are experiencing will get better, although our world will never be as it was before. But secular hope is nothing more than optimistic, wishful thinking. This type of hope isn't any different from an empty assurance. The hope that Jesus gives us can best be described as a blessed assurance because he himself has made the journey from the cross to the grave to resurrection and to life christ offers us nothing short than a foretaste of glory divine when we will one day commune with him in heaven the faith which god gives us 
to the Christian in baptism is a sure thing, as the letter of the Hebrews declares. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, the assurance of what we do not see. And so as the women hurried away from the empty grave, they encountered the resurrected Lord, who seeing their pain comes to them and reminds them and us, saying, do not be afraid. Because fear is an attribute of the world, which has been conquered by Jesus. Fear was clouding the women's fullest experience of the divine joy announced by the angel that Jesus is not here. He has risen just as he has promised. You know, death is the greatest fear faced by humanity. Paul describes death as the final enemy of humanity. And in the recent weeks, we have been reminded how life is fragile and uncertain. Two weeks ago, Lee, our dear brother in Christ, fell asleep and never awoke. The pandemic is expected to see hundreds of thousands of deaths, while the annual number of deaths worldwide because of everything else is in the order of hundreds of millions of people every year, many who have never heard the message of the gospel. Because of the empty tomb, our world is a different place. We know that everything in this physical world will one day vanish, including fear and pandemics. In this world, you will have trouble, says Jesus, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so one day, we will also pass through the grave to be with God for all eternity, where there will be no more death, nor mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old older things have passed away. But until then, we wait patiently with the Apostle Paul, who has given us the words of assurance and hope. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. During the season of Lent, we have affixed ribbons to the old wooden cross, as a reminder that our sin, along with our very sails, are nailed to the cross along with Christ. But today, Christ has brought us a new day. Yeah. And so each of their ribbons, each member of our congregation, has been wrapped up in a ribbon which is clothed in Christ. But not only that, all these ribbons are linked together with Christ as a family of faith. We are all members of the body of Christ. We're all members of his family. And this chain is going to remain here until we come together again and start worshiping together as a church. And that I will promise you. So that everyone can see it and their share in what's been done here. And although, you know, we do need to continue practicing social distancing, you know, Christ wraps his arms around us 
and just gives us a hug that can only result in the divine joy that is found in him and his resurrection. For all of you who are baptized in Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.
of getting older. There are so many things in this world, Father, that, that challenge us. And this pandemic is only one amongst many things. Because even as we look to the world, I look to the darkness that fell upon our earth on Good Friday, the darkness that you have conquered. Yes. We are very thankful for all that we have. We are thankful for the blessings, the blessings that you pour out upon us, Father, for the creativity of some, for the beautiful voices and the, the gifts of music of others, and for the many ways that people are, are using what they have to glorify your name, because that's what's important. It's not about us, Father. It's you. You are the focus in our lives. And you have wrapped us within your love. Or as Paul says, we have been clothed by Christ. And we are part of that body. That body which is formed by him. And we are all members of it. Joined together through him and to each other. In wondrous ways that we can't even begin to comprehend. And so Father, we want to pray especially for those who are struggling in our world this day. For our doctors and our nurses, for the researchers, for the tireless work that many are doing for their people, for our first responders, for our government who are trying to find ways to alleviate the suffering of those in other ways. But as we look to the news, Father, and we look to the death tolls around our world, we know that there's a lot more to be prayed for. Yeah. Because when this pandemic hits places where there is no good medical systems and there's a lot of poverty, it will be horrible for some people. Horrible for us even to watch at a distance how this particular virus will take lives. But, like I say, there are so many other things in your world that are taking lives, even from the point of clean water and the lack of food and the lack of medication. We are well here in North America. We have to admit that. And so, Father, we pray for these things. We pray for those who need that touch. And we especially raise up to you those who are on our prayer list. For Kira, for Art, for Setka, for Rona, for Suzanne, for Joyce, for Brian, for Violet, for Gert, for Lloyd, Candy, Dory, Judy, Margaret, Robbie. Raiden, Charlotte, Eleanor, Lily, Selma, Ori, Maud, and Georgina, and those others that we name before you in our hearts at this time. We praise you, Father. 
And we also bring to you those prayers that are weighing heavy on our hearts this day, either in the silence of this time or aloud. Father, I just come with praise and thanks for the risen Lord, for yes. Jesus. For the empty tomb, mm-hmm. hallelujah. Reach out your hand of mercy and love, Father. Touch the lives of your people. Reach out to those who don't know you, that they may also come to know you and know the amazing power of this day, the amazing grace that has been poured out on all humanity through your cross and your resurrection. And when we are lacking words, Father, not sure what to pray, we pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you all for joining us in the celebration of Christ's resurrection. For those who are here, for those who are watching through virtual ways, and we are ever thankful for all of you who are part of our family. And so now I invite you to receive Christ's blessings for you this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you in favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The sending hymn, for those of you who have the green worship book at home, is hymn number 151.